0: This is The Creative Funding Show, a podcast for authors, YouTubers, and podcasters who want to fund the work they love without selling out.
1: Welcome to The Creative Funding Show. I am Thomas Umstadt and today we're going to be talking about audiobooks. This is actually a listener request that we talk about audiobooks and how uh, to create audiobooks as a revenue source. And with us today is James L. Rubart. He's an author, an audiobook narrator, and most importantly to me, a podcaster. He's my co-host of the Novel Marketing Podcast, and you may recognize his voice because he's also our intro guy. So James, welcome
0: to the show. <laughs> oh, good to be here, Thomas. Thanks for having- having me
1: so audiobooks as you know are the fastest growing segment of books in fact they are growing much much faster than ebooks or paper books uh and if uh for those of you listening if you've ever thought about writing a book you'd need to also think about recording an audiobook but uh jim i have to ask you uh why are audiobooks so important? Why are they growing so fast?
0: Well, the, you're ha- you're having an experience. You are having an experience with an audiobook that you cannot have with the written word. Um, to go into a little bit of detail on that, the sound is such a important part of our experience as humans. And it's why, Thomas, if I gave you 50 slogans and I asked you to memorize them, you would have trouble doing it. But if I played you 50 jingles and I played those jingles a few time, times, you would be able to recall them. If you get into the brain, you will actually discover that the area that we record sound is much bigger than the area that we, we record sight. And that's why most of us could sing, if we wanted to, we could sing snippets from over 2,000 songs. Because sound just gets in our brain and sticks in there in a way that what we see visually doesn't. Now the best combination of that of course is speech and and visuals which is TV, right? But to give you an example of how powerful sound is, sometime watch a horror movie with the sound turned off. It's not scary right? it's almost the, funny in and ca- in it's fact. almost funny in places it, it, that gives you an idea of how powerful sound is and so consequently people who listen to audiobooks both fiction and nonfiction they enjoy it or they experience on a deeper level often than they can when they're simply reading it and you've gone to you you, you are strictly a audiobook guy now right you've been doing that for two or three years that's right I don't read
1: paper books or ebooks anymore occasionally my wife and I will read a book together uh, but in in that case, it's still an audiobook. She's reading it out loud, <laughs> which is uh, really fun. We'll do uh, mysteries that way, where we'll, we'll be trying to solve them together. But uh, yeah, I discovered that I can listen much faster to audiobooks. Uh, the app, the Audible app, allows you to listen at multiple times the speed, so I can listen at 1.5x or 2x, and some narrators 3x. Uh, so I can listen to a 30-hour audiobook in only 10 hours and retain it. That's what's crazy is that the audio retention is so high with audiobooks, especially for me. I, I. Learn, it's a skill right you have to learn how to listen just how you learn how to read but i was you know over the last 10 years i've developed that skill and i can retain what i hear and i, I find it uh to be my preferred way both for fiction and for non-fiction
0: yeah it makes more of an impact on you
1: that's right uh so uh so what are some other reasons why audiobooks are important
0: well, it is a growing segment of the pop uh, of it's a growing segment of sales for books, and it all changed, right? Because suddenly an audiobook could become affordable, where in the past it wasn't. And maybe you want to get into a little of technology on that, but essentially, you can access an audiobook for, you know. What is it? Uh, a third of what you had to pay for an audiobook in the past?
1: Well, it's because you don't have to make cassette tapes. Those are expensive, and you needed a whole bunch of them. Or CDs, which are even worse, actually, than cassette tapes for listening to an audiobook. Because uh, a CD doesn't remember where you left off if you take the CD out and put it in a different player. Suddenly, you're starting back over at the beginning of the CD. It's a terrible experience. Uh, whereas with uh, these apps, you know, you have an app for your smartphone, and whatever store you're listening to, it remembers your playback position uh device to device.
0: And I guess that's another reason why audiobooks are so such an important part of the segment for authors to consider, because you can take it anywhere where, yes, you can take a physical book anywhere, maybe, right? But you can't take four or five books that way. That's why the explosion of the Kindle. But audio wise, it's hard to Read your Kindle when you're jogging, right? <laughs> a lot easier when you're when you're jogging to have that audiobook playing in your head. Pretty oh, dangerous love... actually. You're a like, running on the yeah. street. <laughs> you have a yeah. Kindle
1: in front of your face.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's one reason I love audiobooks, because I can listen to them when I'm working out or when I'm going kayaking or when I'm walking. Um or when I'm in my car, really difficult to be reading that Kindle uh, while you're in your car. That's right. It also gives you access to
1: non-readers, which I like. Uh, so there's some people like me who don't read books anymore. You know, It's not that I don't read anything, but I just listen so much faster. I prefer audio uh, to the point where I don't read. If somebody sends me a book and it's not an audio, I won't read it. <laughs> so, uh, And another thing is that people who are really busy, your influencers, tend to not have as much time to read books, but they often listen to lots of audio books. And so if you want to access the influencers uh, within a space, uh, it's really important to have audio, uh, which helps drive your paper and ebook sales even. Because if an influencer who listened to your book recommends it, people who don't listen, instead they read with their eyes, they will then buy your paper and ebook sales. So it helps the ecosystem, so to speak. So uh, how does that, how do you record an audiobook? What, what's this, if, I, if I wanted to record an audiobook, what, would, what advice would you give me?
0: Well, here's the nice thing, because this advice would have been very different 10 years ago, um, uh, 15 years ago, in that you had to go to a professional studio and pay the fees, et cetera, et cetera. And technologically, there was just a lot of hoops to jump through. But these days, if you have a computer or a laptop, if you have a space where you can create a quiet environment, and I'll get into the details of that in a second, um, you can record an audiobook. In other words, you need to get a good microphone. You need to get a space that's silent. You need to build yourself an area with the foam. You can kind of picture that foam, right, that you've seen in studios. You need to get some of that. And you need a laptop. And suddenly, you can start recording audiobooks. So I guess what I'm trying to say, Thomas, is it's not that complicated anymore. If you can find a quiet space, if you can build that little soundproof booth, and you have a laptop or a computer, and you have a decent microphone and a mixer, you can get into recording audiobooks. You budget $400, you can get yourself set up and going.
1: And you know, it used to be $4,000 10000 to build a studio, and now for the $400, that's your little acoustic foam box to put the microphone in. It's the microphone, and it's the interface for plugging the microphone into your computer, depending on what microphone uh, you use. And that that is really low barrier to entry. (laughs) That's the cost of a book cover. Uh, It's cheaper than editing in many cases. And you can use that equipment for book after book after book.
0: And in terms of the editing software, people are like, oh boy, that's intimidating. I don't know how to do that. There's a program called Audacity, which I would suggest people start with. There's other programs out there for example, for Mac, there's Twisted Wave. I have a lot of friends who love Twisted Wave. There's Hindenburg, which is a audio editing program that you really like, Thomas. But if you're just starting with this, I would suggest starting with Audacity. It costs you nothing. And it, it does give you the bas- basics of audio recording, um, more than the basics. It's, it's really a decent program.
1: That's right. Uh, so what are the advantages of recording it yourself? Why, why should somebody record it themselves?
0: Well, if, uh, You mean they themselves be the narrator on it? Right. The author as the narrator. Oh, one of the huge advantages is you know these characters and you know the nuances. You know when something should be high or low, something should be fast or slow. You have an understanding of the characters and the storyline that a narrator never is going to get. So if you... Believe that you can do it. That's the first part, because a lot of people are saying, ah, I don't know if I could pull this off. If you believe it, and if you're willing to put the time into it, there's huge advantages. A lot of listeners like hearing the author read the book. If they were choosing between the two, good narrator, good author narrator, they would choose the author, because they know that that heart and soul is behind it. Now, let, let me say the caveat here. The problem a lot of times is... People go into it and say, well, uh, people have told me I have a decent voice. I can do this. The problem with that is reading an audiobook, and I'm specifically talking about fiction, but this also applies to nonfiction. You're not just reading a book. You're really giving a performance. And if you are doing fiction, you are a voice actor. You're not just narrating, you are acting and you need to put that emotion and nuance into each of those characters like a professional actor would do. Even with nonfiction, you need to know when to be loud, when to be nuanced, when not to be nuanced. And so I would say, if you're considering doing this... Hopefully you have some acting background. Maybe you've done some community theater or you took some classes in college or high school or you have some broadcast experience. That is going to help you. Now, if you don't have that, I would still say go for it. I'm just telling you there is a learning curve like any art there is a learning curve.
1: And I think it's especially important to do it yourself if you are a personality who's known for your voice. So a lot of YouTubers will write books and they'll have an audiobook version and they always narrate it themselves. So I remember listening to the book by I, Justine, and I think the title is iJustine and it's her book about her you know, career. It's a really fascinating book and it's voiced by her. right? If, some, if she had some professional actress doing it, it would have felt really inauthentic because this is her story and I want to hear her tell her story. I, I iJustine's story as told by iJustine and I, so I feel like if if you are a, a YouTuber uh, you really need to have it be your voice if you're a podcaster you probably need to have it be your voice if you are a, just a traditional author uh, and you're not used to being in front of the microphone, I feel like that is where it really could go either way. And there's there's really some risk, especially if it's fiction, because poorly read fiction can ruin the book, right? It's a great book to read, but if you listen to a bad narrator, it can ruin the book. And so kind of on that vein, what are some of the disadvantages to recording it yourself?
0: It's it's hard work. Um, when, I, 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 when I narrate a book, how I do it is I quote someone a per finished hour rate. So I'll say it's X amount per finished hour hour. The the reality of that is in the background you are doing a lot of editing and you are doing a lot of fixing and you're taking out breaths and you're redoing words that you slurred. And so it does take a lot of work. So you have to know that going into it. You don't just sit down, whip the book out and, you know, put it put it up and it's done. So that's one of the disadvantages. One of the other disadvantages is you have to know your timing. By that I mean, I record when I'm doing an when i'm narrating an audiobook i record at the same time every day because your voice changes throughout the day so that voice you have in the morning is not the voice you're going to have in the afternoon so you have to budget your time well um and and i guess those are the the biggest disadvantages um to recording it yourself
1: and psychologically it's difficult so i did my own book i did the audiobook uh, for my book courtship and crisis and uh you know it reading my own writing especially after a couple of years and like oh this could have been better you know that was a little bit different difficult but also just you know edit i couldn't so i did kind of do it halfway i read it myself but i had somebody else edit it because editing out all of the mistakes was just too difficult i, I probably could do it now especially now that i've been doing more podcast editing uh, so i um have been trying to raise the production of Levels of the podcast that I produce, but they're still nowhere to the point of the production levels that are expected in audiobooks. So in audiobooks, there is an expectation of a production quality where not a single breath is heard. It's not the conversational ums and uhs that you hear on a show like this. It is like perfection. <laughs> There's nothing that breaks your immersion because the whole goal is for the narrator, in a sense, to disappear and in, in someone's visual cortex, they're generating the story world or they're totally living in the ideas, uh, which is really fun. When it's accomplished and I will say there are books that I've read just because I was in love with the uh, narrator and they did such a good job that I was like what else has this guy read what else has this woman read and I want to you know check out those other books which I think is actually another advantage potentially, of hiring a professional narrator is that if you hire a celebrity narrator, which is obviously more expensive, you're also opening yourself up to another uh, channel of discoverability, right? If you're writing epic fantasy and you get Michael Kramer to narrate your epic, Fantasy. Well, he's the guy who reads Brandon Sanderson's books. He's the guy who reads the Wheel of Time books. And somebody like me who's a big fan of those books, and I see that you've written an epic fantasy narrated by Michael Kramer. Well, shut up and take my money. <laughs> you know, I'll take a risk on that. Uh, so, I think that that's another thing to take into account. Uh, there are Now, there's a continuum. And if somebody wants to hire a professional narrator, there's a great website, ACX, which is run by Audible. And it's like a matchmaking service where uh, it connects authors and audiobook narrators. And the price starts at free where you just split the money 50-50. And some people are like, 50, 50, I'm going to give 50% of my audiobook uh, royalties to my narrator. And it's like, yeah, but it's 50% of money you wouldn't be making otherwise. (laughs) So there's really no reason not to at least take the 50%. Uh, The other way to do it is to pay an upfront amount of money. Uh, How does that work?
0: Yeah, so you, if you go to ACX, and I would encourage people to do that because you can listen to all these people and see examples of their work even before you contact them. So you can narrow it down to, ooh, I like these five guys and I like these six gals. These are the ones that are the finalists before you even talk to them. And then you can ask them to apply to read your book and then you start negotiating am I going to pay a flat fee am I going to do the 50-50 royalty share and you get to decide that and you're sometimes going to find a narrator where you go oh gosh I really like her she doesn't do the 50-50 she wants the fee it's worth it for me other times you're going to say, oh my gosh, this guy is willing to do a 50-50. I love his voice. It fits my book. And I had him try out. Oh my gosh, this is the guy. And there's no money up front. That's the nice thing. As Thomas said, you can get your audiobook up without paying anything out. And on, on, on the flip side, you're going to have to be paying that royalty rate forever. So a lot of it depends on where your cash flow is at at the time. A lot of it depends on finding that. That narrator, but I guess the thing I would encourage you to do in regards to hiring a professional narrator is take your time, find the right fit have people try out and you want to find a professional narrator that can take direction. You don't want a guy or a gal who says, all right, I'm going to do it. I know what I'm doing. I don't want any input from you. It really is a collaboration and you really are the director and the producer of this book. So when you're working one-on-one, find out about this person, you might even go to the extent of, well, what other books have you done? Oh, I've done this and this and this great. And you contact those people and go, how was she to work with? How was he to work with? Because this is a creative endeavor. It can make you a lot of money if you do it right. And one of the key components is somebody you can get along with, somebody that will take direction, and somebody that you're proud to say, this person narrated my book. Because it can
1: potentially become a long-term partnership. So I will speak on behalf of audiobook listeners that we expect that if you have a reader for book one in a series, that you have the same reader for all of the other books in a series. (laughs) It gets, it's very jarring uh, to go from one narrator to another narrator, even if they're both good. So a good example of this, The Dresden Files, which is a series that I absolutely love. And it's typically read, I think his name is David Marston, but he, uh, whoever it was, is an actor. He's a really, really good narrator. And he did all of the books up to, I think, book 13, and they brought. In another professional narrator who was just as good. Problem was he wasn't the same guy. All the voices were different. The whole feel of it was different, and there was a revolt. <laughs> the fans were were not having it. So I don't know what it was. It was a contract negotiation with the first guy or whatever. But Audible ended up issuing a repo- an apology. They ended up re-recording the entire thing with the new guy and re-releasing it for free to everyone who bought it. And I will say I listened to the entire book. By the new guy. And then I listened to the whole book again with the old guy. So I ended up listening to the book twice. I loved both versions, but I definitely preferred the one with a narrator uh, that I knew. And so it's important with that first book to make sure that you are uh, picking a narrator that you're willing to work with for the con- continuity of the series. It doesn't mean that on the next series of books you write, you have to go with the same person. Uh, Although I do know authors who have like the one narrator that's their voice effectively and they all do all of their books. Um, Not everyone does that. Brandon Sanderson has different narrators for his different genres that he does, which I think makes sense. Uh, But for his epic fantasy, it's always Michael Kramer and Kate Redding. And uh, so just keep that in mind. Uh, It's another reason why you don't want to brush it because you don't want to commit yourself to a relationship. If you're writing a 10 book series, you're like, oh, I hated this on book one i need to do nine more with this person uh sometimes what people do is they'll restart and they'll have it done all over again with a different narrator you don't want to do that so make sure you pick somebody who's good all right so uh jim where can people find you online uh if they want to hire you or listen to your podcast novel marketing podcast uh where, where are you online
0: yeah, novelmarketing.com. You can listen to the podcast. If they want to find me or or get some samples of my work, um, or if they want me to try out for their book, I'd be happy to talk to them about that. And the best place to get a hold of me is James L. Rubart. that's R-U-B-A-R-T, at gmail.com. Or they can go to my website and find out a little bit more about me. That is jameslrubart.com. And we will have links to both of
1: those websites on uh, the show notes. If you just scroll down in your app, uh, you can get uh, those links. Uh, Jim, thank you so much uh, for coming on the
0: Creative Funding Show. Uh, Thank you for having me, Thomas.